2: do you need a ride 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 do you need a
3: ride do you need Uh, with Karen and Chris. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Karen at the beginning of each episode for audio reasons. So we all sync up. Uh, She leads us in a clap, which Mm -hmm. uh, sounds kind of religious. Because your hands were (laughs) clasped in prayer. And so I just heard prayer and I got really nervous. Remembering Sometimes the, yeah.
0: right before the clap lead that I do, I say a quick prayer to the podcasting a patron saint. It's convenient. Saint Cecilia.
3: Yeah, your hands are already in the prayer position through preliminary clap. Why not ask for a little help before you start? You know what? There's never not a bad time to ask a little from God. <laughs> That's right, Chris. Yeah. Well, Are you I nervous? I went swimming today. I just wanted to say Jordan pressured me to swim and I wore a swim cap, which is why I look like I got electrocuted. OK. All right. I, and I was just seen if maybe you had been swimming. <laughs> That's private. I don't reveal any private information on this podcast. Uh, Karen, we're nervous. <laughs> we're both incredibly nervous. I'm nervous because we have a, a real guest today that I look up to. That's right. Yeah. So I just want to get that off my chest. Because usually it's all just flippant and we're we're just talking to our pals. But I, I haven't met Mike yet. And see, I did the thing where before you introduce someone, you're not supposed to say their name. And I did that shit.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, <laughs> you might know him from his many music albums. You might know him from his podcast network or his podcasts. He's been doing it a while. Please welcome. Open mic, Eagle.
1: Hi, guys. I'm nervous, too, now, because you guys are saying so much nice <laughs> stuff about me. And, yep. and I, I want to, can we just get to the pal thing? Can we just be pals so that so that we're not nervous? I think we can do that. There's a I setting guess. that I can default to.
3: Okay. It's Casual good to see pals? you, buddy. It's been a while. Remember right, that yeah. last party we hung out at? Oh, my yeah, God. Remember, that when was... we, remember when we swam earlier? Today? Oh, man. That was fun swimming. Hey, next time, let's not wear the swim caps, huh? You're right.
1: You're right. Your hair's your hair looks so healthy and good though.
3: So oh, it's hair. dry and brittle. Mm-hmm. This is just complimentary lighting. I uh I am a big fan of you Mike and um I am a fan of your entire collect uh, project load. and and oh, early really? on when I was a kid freestyle fellowship is one of the first I wouldn't call it comedy rap at all,
1: yeah, no, I don't I think they would be offended, yeah, of quick. course,
3: but <laughs> it was the first album that I'm like these are these guys are just riffing, they're yeah. mentioning skateboards, and I'm <laughs> laughing a lot, and I know that a lot of it is sarcastic, and it spoke to me right away and uh and you are a part of that group, I don't know if Project Bloat is still happening, but
1: it's still like a collective we don't meet anymore we used to have an open mic that ran every thursday for many many years but then a guy got stabbed in it so it got shut down but we're still a family we're still a family
3: yeah sometimes families there's a stabbing that's it's hard i wish i hadn't said that karen you want (laughs) to take over here You're you're seating the floor. after that. Yeah. Yeah. You you haven't talked for a bit. I made that lighthearted stabbing joke. Now you go. <laughs> Here's. Well, can I
0: I'm going to ask the question because I've only known you from. Or, sorry. Known of you. I met you when you were at Bridgetown.
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: It was such a, it was really a good year. Yeah. And I was it was when I was with Drennan Davis and it was the last night party. And it was one of those things where it was like, he was like, hey, I want you to meet my friend. And then I turned around. I was like, who's this? And you're just kind of like, what's up? And it was like, these are the people that are doing music at Bridgetown. Yeah. It was that vibe where I was like, this is I don't comedy music. Like, as kind of Chris was saying, it's like, it's not the greatest label. So then you don't want to, like, be the person I was like, I'm the guitar comic that's on eighth because, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to. And then but then suddenly I was like, hey, I'll be in this group If this guy's in it. it Sounds good to me.
1: Oh, yeah. It it makes me nervous all the time. I lose my credibility in rap music a few times a year uh, because (laughs) I do funny stuff. You know, it's it's rough. That's why, yeah. that's why I really wasn't prepared to hear about like Freestyle Fellowship. Stuff. like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, oh, you can't I, bring that up right now.
3: This is two different worlds. Don't let them see. Don't let them see. <laughs> and oddly, yeah, when I bring that up, I stump most current fans of hip hop. I admittedly don't follow. I'm an early 90s hip hop guy, and I like that and hieroglyphics and everything because it was in skateboard videos. That's kind of how I got introduced to it, so.
1: Uh, That's but, real. Yeah. I mean, there's there's an underground access point for a lot of people that had to do with stuff like, you know, skateboard videos and like Lance Bangs was doing about a b- bunch of that stuff. And like, yeah, a lot of a lot of people were brought together that way, kind of representing this kind of worldwide underground thing, you know, like and even stuff like Tony Hawk, the video game, like the yeah. underground songs that they were putting that stuff like that was the way a lot of people got on. to a lot of artists. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it was huge for a lot of bands and skateboarding. All of a sudden, there's regular people playing that game. Mm-hmm. I call them regular people, those that don't skateboard. <laughs> right? All these reggies are out there.
0: <laughs> Mike, have you ever skateboarded?
1: I've tried. It's not, it's not good. I'm not good with wheels. Like, I, I'm okay with a car, but like, like when, when you put wheels on your feet, mm-hmm. it usually doesn't work very well for me. Yeah, specifically
3: Heelys. I don't know if you I'm pretty good with (laughs) wheels on my feet, but if you actually put them on my feet, I uh, I become (laughs) some old timey slapstick comedy
0: sometimes if i pumice my heels too much and then moisturize my feet I, it's like i have wheels on my oh, feet <laughs> like trying to walk across tile
1: they're like slidey feet that yeah sounds just fun.
0: you have wheels for like 45 minutes oh, you have to gosh. just watch tv
1: that's a good Stanley floor could. too you got like no spaces between the tiles it's all real smooth it's real
0: smooth it's like good. a fucking museum in here it's unbelievable it's like
1: marble that's very great. dangerous
0: <laughs> very dangerous i mean
3: when I said comedy rat i when I see what you do, you i really, back. i feel yeah, I take it back it's i mean it's... I can't stop thinking of those commercials where they're pumice stoning, uh dry skin off a heel, and what yes. that does it makes my mouth water in a way where I'm not hungry but ready to <laughs> vomit anyway i uh i I mean that when I listen st- you're doing stand up well intertwined with
1: rapping. I have I done that. Like. I've done that. Uh, it, it's funny. I I did that like like five times, you know? And then sometimes during my... Sh- like I have songs in my live show when I do like a concert that like I have a little bit before the song, you know? But I respect <laughs> stand-up so much. Like I, I've, I'm around a lot of comics and like I know the amount of reps it takes to like be serious as a comic. So like, I never call myself that. Like I, I, end up, you know, being put in that category and I don't mind it at all, but I don't, I never call myself a stand up because like, I'm not willing to go and bomb for six years. You know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> yeah. gonna, you know? So I, I don't know. Like I, I, I definitely borrow some and I love performing on shows with standups. Um, but it's mostly because I really like how comedy audiences listen. Like that's that's what really got did it for me. The first time I performed in front of a comedy audience, I was like, oh, my gosh, like these people are they're laughing where I put the punchline. Like they'd to what I said and <laughs> yeah. they found it funny and reacted. And like I'm, I was used to performing for rap audiences where they. Surprisingly, they didn't listen much. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just listening for the flow, or yeah, or or just or just vibing with the beat, or just yeah. putting their hands up when you tell them to. But yeah, really like you know, they're not engaged in your you know the the way you've crafted a verse. Yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> which is what I always have appreciated. With uh, I like word play. Yeah, I, I like mean, turns of phrases. I like cadence. And uh, you would do all that. It's great.
0: Well, also, isn't it, it like in live shows, it, am I right to assume that maybe the goal is to get them to be quieter, start paying actual attention to what you're like to the wordplay or to the flow? I don't want to use technical terms. I don't really know. But like that idea that like actually as the, as opposed to kind of the big party feel, if people are going like, whoa, 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 actually like following the lyrics
1: like is that is that the goal like at a a music show
0: yeah or like that when you're saying like rap audiences can not be particularly listeners as opposed to stand-up audiences Mm -hmm. is there a moment in in, like at some rap shows where you can actually hook them into being like listening to the words like that
1: yes I, i think a big difference is this though um when that typically happens in a rap show like you typically already have those people captivated in a sense because they've come to see you or if i'm opening they've come to see who the headliner is but they're prepared to to engage with some music that they already know and and you would assume i would assume me being booked there's some inclination that they might be into my stuff as well so like there's there's certain moments i can create where like yeah people are paying attention now but like the, the the difference in comedy audiences is like around the world people will go to a comedy club and have no idea who's going to be there They just want to go and sit and laugh and it doesn't even matter for general entertainment i enjoy laughing let's go to the last place place. let's go to the last place exactly some beers nobody wants to go to the rap place where they don't know anybody (laughs) sure that's (laughs) terrible and 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 because of that if you're if you're in a situation where you're rapping for people who aren't necessarily uh fans of what you're doing there it is a little harder to create that moment of like okay here's here's what i'm doing are you going to get with it or not you know
0: yeah and join the build of it Mm -hmm. i was watching your tiny desk concert uh which was amazing thank you but there's the first song you did you did you did the first verse and then you went how are you doing this afternoon? And then <laughs> right into the second verse, like it it sounded sincere. And there was not one moment for even people to clap or do anything in the room. It was so it made me laugh out loud. Is, is that what?
3: the that's
1: a series? It's like in a bookstore, right? It's 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 in the corner of a, an office at NPR. OK, but the funny thing about it is this is a really big ass room. But the way yeah. they shoot it, it makes it look like it's in a corner somewhere. It's so funny. That's great. That's so funny. It's And a it's also a little on. bit
0: was that like nerve-wracking because it feels to me like it's so pared down at the it's almost just like it's you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it in that moment.
1: Yeah. Uh I it's it's challenging uh as a rapper because like okay, I'm very used to ha- to performing with beats and having like a a a monitor so I can hear what I'm saying back at me over the beat. But they don't allow any of that. Like mm. there was no amplification of anything allowed. So like <laughs> I'm trying to hear myself over these musicians who I'm like not very used to playing with. It, it was challenging. But I also have learned that if you're rich, they let you do whatever you want. So, <laughs> yeah. but I, just, I didn't I didn't I, I didn't have those privileges, but I've learned it. OK, you know, yeah, maybe one day <laughs> I'll be God. able to have a monitor. desk. Yeah, and that, that also applies to
0: everything thing. else. Yeah. So it applies to all things. Yeah. Life, yeah. <laughs>
1: actually. Yeah. It was, it was one of those lessons. It was one of those lessons.
0: <laughs> hey. Yeah. That's funny. Cause that, that set started with a trumpet, right? Yeah. So like it was, it must've been kind of loud and yeah, something was. to adjust to. Yeah.
1: It was. And and we practiced a lot and everything, but I think it was just like this stark realization. When we got there that like, Oh, they were serious. I'm not going to have a monitor. Like they really, they really meant that. Like, no, <laughs> Just have to be able to hear yourself in in some way that sounds impossible to me.
0: It almost feels like a musician test when I watch people where you know like being able to being able to do it without yeah. hearing yourself and sometimes being drowned out is. I mean, that's a real like it's a game show for musicians essentially. Yeah, it's, it's not like,
1: easy, and and there's, yeah. a, there's a lot to lose. <laughs> <laughs>
0: With that NPR crowd. Bye, yeah, <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey. How was your quarantine, Mike? Yeah. Um,
1: oh, gosh. Uh, gosh, it was so many things. Um, <laughs> so like I got moved into an apartment. And in like three days after moving into apartment, I went on a tour. And in the middle of the tour is when everything shut down. And so, like, my my world had just changed, and then I went on this tour, and then that stopped, and then all of the plans, like, all of the income, everything, like, crashed, like, really quick. And there were a couple of moments where they were just, like, really dire um, last spring. But the first thing that happened is I started doing this thing. I started doing a fake radio show on my Instagram every day. Uh, We called it Quarantine Drive Time Radio and we did it every Monday through Friday from like April to December. (laughs) And like it galvanized this like group of people because the whole reason we were doing it originally was I was watching people lose their minds because they didn't know what day it was. Yeah. (laughs) And being a musician, I was used to never knowing what day it was. Yeah. So I made myself a shepherd of reminding people what day it is and we built the radio show every day around like what day it was <laughs> um and we, we made this really really dope community and then it ended up like turning into like a um it's not quite like a fan club for me but definitely like a, a a galvanized support group where i could just like take stuff and show people stuff and i don't know and, and it really helped me a lot and then luckily i had the podcast recorded that i started my network with i had that done before uh the lockdown and my album that came out last year was done before the lockdown so it was just about like luckily i wasn't in a position where i had to try to figure out how to make something there's my neighborhood there it is there
3: yeah. we go That's yes it. <laughs> boom boom
1: mm-hmm. on cue and um like luckily i didn't have to figure out how to make stuff i just had to figure out how to put stuff out like that was the big challenge for me because all of the typical pathways for getting stuff out to people were broken Mm -hmm. like the the press stuff the 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 distro stuff everything was broken so like i had to take a gamble on when to execute stuff but everything just kind of ended up working out okay did you do zoom
3: shows and and drive-in movie uh car car shows like i did i did did both of
1: those i did I learned pretty early on that the Zoom shows were not going to work for me. Yeah, I know. I just (laughs) kept doing them. I just kept doing them. I had to stop at some point because, I don't know, know, I learned a lot about what I get out of performing. Last yeah. year because I wasn't getting it when I performed yeah. and I just felt yep. empty and dead every time yep. like i for two days. Yeah. Yeah. It was like <laughs> yes. a hangover. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. So I learned the Zoom shows wouldn't work for me. Those were excruciating. I ended up going on a drive-in tour with with, with Hannibal Burris last September, where he was doing, you know, his act and I was an opening act on it. So
3: that has to be a great audience that's receptive to suddenly seeing
1: hip hop, right? Except <laughs> That they're 50 feet away from the stage. Mm -hmm. Right. Cars. cars. And when they applaud, as we assume they were doing, couldn't hear anything. (laughs) Yeah. It was terrible. See, I I
3: did it on a hot night and you could hear windows were rolled down. They were being a little loosey goosey and they were trying to honk like beep, beep, beep. It wasn't laying on horns, which
1: would trouble me. It was like little spurts
3: of honk. They, they have to be good honkers.
1: So Hannibal's <laughs> tour, I think they, they thought they were getting ahead of it. And, and they had a lot of uh, signage and instructions on the big screens around every show that said, don't honk. Oh, really? <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Oh, no, that yeah. changes. <sighs> so people were when when instructed to or or when they felt compelled to react, yeah. they would try to. Yell at the top of their lungs, or try to clap, and it just—it was lost.
3: Well, i i understand <laughs> I understand someone saying no honking because in traffic it it means hey, do you want to fight? Yeah. But <laughs> what I what I didn't expect uh, the, the Improv did these drive-in shows uh, in Irvine, and the, and it, right away I was like, oh, this I need it. I like it already. It took a minute. It's weird to have a bunch of cars honking. But I immediately loved it and I couldn't have predicted liking that. I understand someone making a no honk
1: rule, but it worked. It works. Yeah, I, I think in retrospect we could have used some of the honks. Yeah. <laughs> we should we shouldn't have told them not to honk. It would
0: buoyed you as you perform. Oh well oh, I, yeah. We did um Chris and I did the same Zoom show one night because people were playing like quiplash games, you know, like mm-hmm. uh and doing those comedy shows. And I it just started to it became it, To me, it felt like it wasn't just like, oh, we all wrote a joke for this phrase and everybody liked that person's more, which is a pretty hilarious thing to put yourself through mm-hmm. yeah. when you're already kind of like isolated and questioning your entire yeah. life. <laughs> suddenly <laughs> right.
3: you're you're in a competition, suddenly. You're, oh, you're in, a competition in a
0: competition and then you start hating everyone. Else. Oh, and you're God. like, this is a dumb game mm-hmm. that we're, we all came together to play just for fun and to do something. And now it's like, I'm super competitive and like, that wasn't fun funny and you're a hack and like it brought out in me all of the things that i was trying to escape from doing the show in the first place and i was just like this is very ironic that i am this like i feel lonelier and worse and angry as i get off this stupid game that's just to bring people together. Because
3: you're alone in your apartment, yet at the same time, you're at a judgy high school party. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where everyone's like, being categorized. Yeah. Yeah. it was. I, I weird...
1: got to say that those, though, because I did Quiplash stuff like a couple of times. Those were probably the best of my Zoom experiences. Because because really, what it came down to for me was my my performance setup is like very like technical. It's a lot of like beat machines and stuff. And... There is just no accounting for like, if I press a button over here, there's no accounting for what people hear over the internet. There's no, there's no, <laughs> oh, there's wow. nothing I can do to to ensure that the sound people hear is what I want <laughs> to hear oh, or y- what I am hearing. And and that's what would drive me up a wall. Was yeah, like, that's horrifying. I'm putting out, you know, the, the energy I'm trying to put out and a song and and the the music that I put out last year in specific was like very emotional. And then to like, you know, I'd get these texts afterwards from people who knew me like, Oh, the sound was messed up. Like half of the set, like, Oh, (laughs) that's wonderful. that's Fantastic.
0: You're like, was my heart messed up as I (laughs) stuck it out there for fucking everyone in my whole life?
1: Oh man. Yeah. You just, you felt, yeah. It felt pitiful. A lot of those performances felt genuinely pitiful.
3: (laughs) And that that album is. Are you talking about the trauma, divorce?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what's it called? Sorry, anime trauma and divorce.
3: Yeah, yeah. It and uh, <laughs> and so you were finished with that before quarantine, but then you felt you have to promote it and put it out there at a weird time. Yeah, it was. Did you, did you find it fit well? Because I look, I watched something else, and you were talking about how it was more personal. Uh, did it help that we were all going through a weird time? Almost, to-
1: I think it—you it, know—it certainly helped help the project resonate with people. Yeah, I think it—it it, it did, it did. It a lot of a lot of moments, it felt very like self-centered, trying to promote it. You know, like like it was already felt kind of gross anyway, because it's like all personal, <laughs> and I'm trying to sell it. You know, yeah. I'm trying to like like point people to it and get engagement around it and all of that robotic stuff yeah um but yeah then on top of that like people are going through really real stuff people are dying people are losing jobs and um you know it's like yeah here i come with my bullshit you know it it (laughs) didn't seem like the best timing but it i think some of it did did resonate with people because it was such a dark time
3: yeah i was going through a similar like uh, while when my special came out that I felt I needed to tell people. Meanwhile, everyone's marching on my street for something way more important than my yeah. comedy special. And I'm like, I'm not saying shit. I'll let it sit out there for a little while and then maybe occasionally mention it. But like you said, it it's it, a lot of things that we do resonated with people in the past year and it it's worth it. But mm-hmm. I'm like you. I'm not. I'm not going to shove it down people's throat even though that's part of our jobs.
1: Yeah, and that's 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 the that's the part that I think is more and more becoming our job as things um you know, everything gets more digital, it becomes us who are the like we, we're the needle movers ultimately like with our social media on how our products get marketed and it's kind of just where we are.
3: Yeah. When did you you already had a pretty steady hip-hop career but when did you start intersecting with comedy how did that happen was that in chicago
1: no that was that was in la oh, okay. um that first time that i was i was describing earlier that first time i performed in front of a comedy crowd it was at ucb oh, okay um yeah like so i'd like wormed my way into being an ass cat monologist
3: yeah yeah i've done that it's really yeah. fun it's yeah. self-indulgent but ama- they're at it's the best i love and
1: and the way i did it i just like did a couple songs and talked about where the songs came from and then you know they 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 riffed the sketches off of those and it was just really it was very just fulfilling for me as a as a writer to be in that sort of environment and and i just kind of started chasing it from there pretty much like i the second time i did the ask hat thing i made sure i had it i had it um videotaped because I then I used that to try to get on other comedy shows. Like I ended oh, wow. up getting on um, Paul F. Tompkins show at the Largo because I was hounding him with this video.
4: <laughs> look, <laughs> look, it works, Prince. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and yeah, and he and he, you know, he uh, got me on a on a couple of his shows, and that's really when it started to take root. Because then like, I started to be like part of uh, the community. You yeah. know, like meeting people and, you know, and and somebody would invite me on their show and somebody would see that and invite me on there. And like, you know, and, and that's kind of how it really kind of took hold.
3: Yeah. And that's a perfect fit, because Largo is the only place I've seen where music and comedy are married and it works. I it It's so hard to make it work. And and it always works there. I, I,
0: yeah, that audience has been trained over yeah. the years of like you might because I've definitely in the old Largo used to do those nights where it was like Colin Hay from Men at Work and it's his night and his audience has no interest in comedy mm. and you have a half an hour to fill before he's gonna walk out there. We were just like they fucking hate my guts. Like they don't. <laughs> they just that's not the that, that's not the plane they want to be on that mm-hmm. evening. They're on a full different trajectory and you're just. Just like, I have some great observations about Sephora, everybody. And they're just like, Noah, I'm not doing that with you right now. It's it's nightmarishly hilarious, but it's almost like Flanagan got in there and, of course, with all those people that just kept coming back, like audience and performers, Mm -hmm. because, of course, all musicians want to be comics and all comics want to be musicians. Mm -hmm. So it was like he just kind of kept going. It's working. It does work. Just keep doing it. Yeah. And I think now that audience is like, we're up for what you give us. Like, we trust whatever. Yeah.
1: Down for whatever. And it's it's a a, it is a great place for that, because I've been on the other side of that, too, where, like, I do music that's too musical on the comedy show. And, and, you know, people aren't necessarily, uh, you know, into that either unless they put you at the very end. (laughs) If they put you at the very end, it works. They put me in the middle, so it can be rough.
0: I have talked to Chris about this a bunch of times doing, because I used to do like comedy guitar songs, and You'll
3: do it again.
0: I'm gonna make
3: you. There's
0: (laughs) nothing more painful than like, you just (laughs) finish the the first chorus, and you can see some fucking blonde 28-year-old staring (laughs) at you. It's always a blonde guy for me, where there's always just like, no thanks. And (laughs) you still have, you're just like, why did I write four verses in yes. this song like it just you are trapped in your own fucking idea yeah. and it hurts it hurts every muscle in my body like that's the thing of the make or break of like when it goes great that for me um, comedy music is like the best cheat in the world because mm-hmm. you don't have to do the moment by moment speaking performance you're just like and away we go and everyone's gonna go with it and it's high energy or it sucks and it tr- slows time down it
1: does it horrifying you you, you get you get trapped in that in in watching every lyric come out of your own mouth (laughs) (laughs) this was
0: my idea (laughs) so was this this was my idea
1: too oh my god it can be so excruciating yeah what was
3: the reason did they give you a reason when comedy central canceled the new Negroes say God I said it and I don't did they cancel it because they were <laughs> uncomfortable saying that word do you think the executives <laughs> you know like it's... I can't say this anymore
1: <laughs> it's so funny because man that title ended up being such a story on its own like we never could have imagined how <laughs> much. Like, how much we'd end up having to talk about that. Really? Like, like it was yeah. splitting the room? Oh, man. It was from the very first pilot test. It, it came to our attention that the title was a fucking problem. We ended yeah. up having to reshoot part of our pilot to address oh, wow. the title. <sighs> like, and, and that didn't really work either. Because what happened is that we had a title that people would have a reaction on and they wouldn't, if they had a negative reaction, they wouldn't go watch the show to see whether or not the title gets explained. They were right. just out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they were just telling other people to be out on Twitter. Yeah.
3: Upon yeah. reading it the first time, all I yeah. had to do was hear it said in Baron Vaughn's voice. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know what this is. You know, also
0: all You had to watch that trailer where it's just like like kick-ass comic after kick-ass comic after kick-ass musician where you're just like, Lizzo was on that show, right?
4: Yep. I I was
0: just like, these bookings are very high level. They're not your average uh, Comedy Central show bookings
1: at all. No. It was amazing. and, And they didn't know how to really deal with any of that either. They didn't really know how to take advantage of the fact that we were able to like, Get Lizzo, like you know, like a week before she was like a worldwide superstar, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you know,
3: they didn't really know how to, but well, of course, they don't know, they're all just 25
1: year old executives. But there was stuff we didn't know too, there there was stuff we didn't know too, honestly, yeah. And and like, even like getting Lizzo, like the way we got Lizzo, because she was signed to a major label, so like. Major labels typically don't let their artists do music that they don't own. <laughs> you know what yep, I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's yeah. <laughs> why they sign people to the really expensive contracts. So, to get Lizzo, for instance, we had to have her giant record label, Atlantic, sign a waiver that they weren't going to mess with us about doing this song. But what that meant was nobody in her world was going to really acknowledge it at all. Like, it didn't exist. And and they went one f- they went one step further and like got it taken off of some very important playlists. Wow! Because no. they aggressively did not want it to exist because so they weren't making money from it. Did she kind of blow
3: up sometime in between taping that and and when it was going to air? Yeah, she
1: was already like popping when we taped it. Yeah, I think our episode with her maybe aired in in May and in like by June. She was everywhere. She yeah. was absolutely everywhere.
0: I wonder if that was right before she did that Coachella that, like, it was almost like she, people had been t- saying the name. Mm-hmm. And then she blew doors at Coachella in a way where people just couldn't. That stop sounds, that about, sounds
1: it. about right. Yeah. It sounds about right. Like, the next thing I remember is like she was half naked at the Lakers game. You know, it was, like the next thing.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: It was. It she was, was so ready. Yeah.
0: So I think the story now. Is that you and Baron broke Lizzo and actually yeah. are responsible for her I like that story. That's what I'm fame. reading. I, I, I like that that's story. That's what I would do.
1: I'll, I'll take the the, the social credit percentage points, you know, yes. however that deal gets broken. The, the back
0: end <laughs> yeah. of Lizzo's career. <laughs> like a girl. <laughs> so, with, so then sorry, go ahead.
3: No, go ahead. No, I'll go ahead. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> uh did you was that an audition thing where you just Matt Barron for the first time or were you oh, already no, pals no. with him? Yeah,
1: we we had been working together um for years and New Negroes was his concept that he built at Bridgetown. He was doing it there, I think, going back to like 2014, 15, something like that. Uh and then he brought me on to that and we started doing it uh at different festivals around the country, and we started doing it as a monthly uh here in LA. And along those, along that route, it developed as a TV concept as well. So we did like, you do that at Meltdown? Was that a Meltdown show? I don't think it was. At, no, no, we did it. We did it at a at a. Oh, we we did it at UCB for like two years, and then mm-hmm. we did it at the this place. Virgil, in, yes, the, the Vir- Virgil. Yes,
3: yeah. I a hundred percent remember it at UCB because mm-hmm. they used to have stand up there. There was. That used to be
1: a hang. It, it's still there, right? The, the, the one is across Is the still there? The, Scientology I, no, I, no, the second one? the second one's gone. Yeah, right? yeah. The second one's yeah. closed down. I do believe the first one's there. I just don't know. if It's not open, is it? I don't think it's open. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Gosh, should we go down there tonight? Yeah, let like, It's time to let's reopen. reopen. Let's egg it.
3: Well,
1: that was just my <laughs>
0: idea. Sorry, that
3: was just my idea. I don't That's know why. too:
0: <laughs> um, I was just going to ask... In all of this, then, is was it after your drive time radio show that you started thinking about um, doing a podcast network or how did that come into play? So
1: I had the podcast, that, like the flagship show that was all taped. And so I had made the deal for the network um, all in a year prior. The the show that's a flagship show is called What It Happened Was, where I sit down with like a hip hop legend for a season and interview them about, you know, their their big projects. So that was a podcast that I piloted at another network and they ended up passing on it, but reverting the rights back to me. And I just really it's like the kind of thing where I i just I knew that the concept would hit based on the people who love that music. And even though they didn't see the value in it, they didn't see how they could sell ads on it. I knew like, oh, no, this could be something. So uh, then I had uh, the invitation to start a network with Starburns. And took it over there and we kind of built our thing together from there. So awesome. Yeah. That's yeah I remember
0: our- you tweeting about that and it was probably like, it was a, probably two years after we started our network. Right. Where I was just like, I was, you know, I think I said congratulations to you or whatever, but what I really wanted to say is like, get, get ready. <laughs> get ready. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. seems like, it's like. It's a real thing. You know what it I mean? Is. It's like, but it's such a great, I mean, for me personally, it's such a thrill to be in this business mm-hmm. because it's like, it's kind of cutting edge. It's definitely different than everything we've done before and every kind of way things have been done before. And it just feels like it's the one area of show business where creators really yeah. can have the uh, agency and control. Yeah, that they You don't have to
1: ask anybody anything. Right. Like, like as long as you can press record, you know, like can literally do whatever you want. And if you believe in something, you can make it and try to sell it. And, and yeah, I mean, th- there's, there's just no upward limit to the options you have as a creator in this field. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out, though. Like, I still don't know how any of this shit works business wise. <laughs> but like, but you know, it's, it's, it's certainly fun so far and I've assembled like a a collection of shows that I really, really believe in a lot. So we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes from here.
3: Yeah. When you, when you started by, uh, were you kind of making fun of drive time radio? Like the kind of radio you have to do at six in the morning to promote something. Cause that's Karen. That's our favorite game. <laughs> yes. Welcome back sure. to the bean and the dumb girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Did you watch that game? Oh, no! I, I don't know. I don't know how to watch. Sports. All right, be quiet. <laughs> oh, we got the freeway connection coming up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a guy. I, I'm a Chicago kid, and I grew up listening to Man Cow. So, like, mm-hmm. I have yeah. a special place in my heart <laughs> for that stuff. But yeah. I, I didn't really, um, I didn't riff on that theme so much as I just like wanted to program an hour. Sure, you know. So, like, I just kind of wrote with with the with the drive time name for that. Yeah,
3: I mean, no, it would have been a mistake to joke <laughs> mimic it. I know that. That's No, what one, I mean, wants
1: no, no one, one wants it. No one wants it.
3: That's what I want to do is all. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just coincidence that
1: is Baron Vaughn a Chicago comic? No, he is from Las Vegas originally. Oh, wow.
3: Okay, I knew God, that. That's. But that's it. so Baron Vaughn to yeah. be from Las Vegas it's that like is like not
1: a real place at all. Yeah. It's not a place to be from. With his sleight of hand person. shuffling.
0: That is so property brothers of him to be from Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane.
3: <laughs> the pro- oh my god. The what I performed in Vegas opening for Daniel Tush and Hannibal did a, a guest set. And the we turned and the Property Brothers, I didn't know anything about them, but they were both in there. Whoa. With their shoulders were touching and they kind of hovered <laughs> into the room. Do you want to play, Danny? And they both had <laughs> these girlfriends that looked like sisters, really. And I, I backed out of the room. I couldn't. I remember Hannibal and I were both freaked out by the Property Brothers. I oh, didn't they were know.
0: like the they were like the VIPs at yeah, the, yeah. the show. That's wow. Cool. And,
3: yeah, and they came in and and uh, and. Daniel made fun of them and said they slept in a bunk bed and then they <laughs> left. It was like, a, but Hannibal was there. The he place? was in the room.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they bought the place, fired him. Yeah, yeah. Fired themselves. Yeah,
3: well, that's probably why I haven't worked there since. They own the Mirage <laughs> or whatever it was. That's right. But yeah, I just assume uh, Hannibal's Chicago. I, I wondered if you were in the comedy scene back then, but it's no. interesting that you stumbled on it at UCB. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I was just a fan of comedy before, before that, really. And I'd always been like a huge fan of it, but I'd never, I'd never realistically thought that there was a way I'd be connected to it at all as a, as a youth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, well, it just made me think, because Chris and I have talked a lot on this show where, which before uh, quarantine, I think we were both very like, you know, Happy, grateful, or whatever for like comedy festivals and those kinds of comedy hangs where you and during quarantine and doing the show, we talk about it like it was pure heaven. Like, <laughs> remember that one year at Bridgetown when you put a refrigerator box on and you fought yourself <laughs> in the street? Where it's yeah. like it's be it like these hilarious memories, which I think I t- have always taken for granted because comedy is like I, I was always a fan and I loved it, and then I got to do it, and then like it. I was in it for the hanging out. Like Mm -hmm. I never, I was always like, well, I can do a set, but it seems like the audience. I don't know. Like it always seemed hard. Yeah. But it was the hangout part was so worth it that we. I don't know. Just the the festival element or like the the culture and the community vibe of comedy is just so like enlivening. It is, and I I never appreciated it like i did sitting in my house alone for a year and a half yeah. where it's just like god that really is a you, um a very nurturing thing it, it like gives you a lot yeah you know
1: it's funny i, I so i was talking about uh, i was on that tour last year and uh the world shut down in the middle of the tour and you know the first way that i knew that shit was real was that they canceled south by southwest I mm-hmm. was like, because that never fucking like people die. <laughs> south by Southwest. Yeah. And keep it going. Like, yeah. 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 In cars. People get kidnapped. They fucking uh, do Karen it. Karen was, did, did, I I was on
0: that street when it, that oh, happened. Oh my the gosh. Car Standing feet
3: from the people that got. M- m- I was last in
0: line. And then I walked away going, I'm not going to wait for X when I can hear them right here. And then the car turned up the street.
1: Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was on a tour and we were driving into Austin as that happened. Like that was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I I talk about that South by being canceled usually because that was uh, like, I was going to make a lot of money down there doing a bunch of things. And so like, it was a big blow to me financially, but I also know in my heart that I, that I was, I was set on that Sixth street experience with, with like in my world, that's like the comp, the comedians, the musicians like it's always such a hang and it's like yeah. an epic hang it's like a, that's like where you I said use the word yeah. nurturing like yeah. it's it's that kind of thing where like there's i got buddies of mine that i still pick on about stuff they did in in the green room of <laughs> <Yeah>. West, <laughs> like two years ago <laughs> you know it's it, you, but you're 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 spot on about that like that's that's a big part of what's been missing and coming from especially like uh, underground rap like we don't have that we really don't have that there's not enough of a. Uh, there's not enough really there's not enough success <laughs> in it yeah. for, for there to be that sort of community like we don't have events where we all come together typically um so finding that community in the comedy world has been like secretly big for me
3: yeah yeah it's lovely you find you find it way more like a friend group and nurturing among other comics and everything that maybe isn't in the hip hop scene A 100% cuz uh, cuz yeah. there's
1: the, uh, it's just hard to like there's 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 luminaries in, in independent hip hop but it's We're very rarely all brought together for any reason. Like everybody's kind of scrapping and scraping by on their own and and people are doing their own gigs. And uh, it's just it's just not very often that we're able to experience each other where, you know, in comedy, like, you know, we would do. We did new Negroes once a month at UCB, the green room was a community hang <laughs> yeah like yep. people all sorts of people that weren't on the show would just come hang out yeah like yep. and that's that that's that i don't i don't get that from the hip-hop world like i just at least my station in it that wasn't something that was able yeah, to happen yeah well hip-hop is supposed to
3: be competitive for some reason there's always this like like you're in a battle with the next. where no, I'm not talking about battle rapping or whatever.
1: Just you know, just the ego thing. But it's funny. Yeah. I I experienced that in comedy as well. You know, everybody. Yeah, just trying to Jesus yeah.
0: Christ, that's yeah. all it is in yeah. comedy. Yeah, I don't.
1: <laughs> I guess. But it's yeah.
0: funnier. It's yeah. funnier. There's it's, a way to hang with it.
3: I never. If someone's, I I don't put up with a lot. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. It seems like I just don't like roast type battle that energy comedy. Yeah. And that, of course, done better is a is a battle rap, because <laughs> uh, you also have to rhyme. Usually, <laughs> I don't know. It's just that whole element. Uh, I just want to be
1: friends, you guys. Yeah, me too, man. I bring the friends vibes too, in in both worlds. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not roasting nobody. I'm not battling anybody. Yeah, do you not, you're probably good at battle rapping, but you. Yeah, I came up. That's, that was my start in rap was battling. Sh- I I did battles before I ever even yeah. wrote songs. Like that's just, did the, you that was the nature f- of the always feel
3: bad? I would feel bad, even if it was a good joke or a funny rhyme, oh, I man, would I feel was, bad.
1: As a young person, I was ruthless. I used to, <laughs> we used to, I remember th- somebody reminded me once, because we had a friend group in my high school and we were all like the rapper, breakdancer, graffiti guys. Everybody knew we rapped. And it was one day we're like, we were just like on the train in Chicago, like battling our <laughs> female friends. We were just batt- <laughs> like, for no reason. And-, and somebody told me something awful I said about one of them and I was like, God, it's terrible. But then I thought about it and I remember that moment, I was so pleased. That I yes. came up with this clever, awful thing to say, you know, but that's just, that was just, I don't know. That that was the only thing I cared about at the time.
0: Yeah. yeah it's the name of the game. I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's almost like. Yeah, it's just in—it's high-level wordplay, and then kind of like social bravery, yeah. because it's like I'm about to ream you right now, and I also know you're going to try to do the same thing to me, mm-hmm. and I trust myself that I can think of like yeah. the metaphor that's actually going to be exactly. funny, accurate. You know, it's that those accurate ones are. The greatest when you, yeah. you know, whatever. But yeah, that's uh, a <laughs> one that the I very much relate to. Like, if it's a great insult, then hurt feelings be damned because right. look at my accomplishment. Yeah. Like, that's my entire life. I'm not,
3: yeah, I'm not proud about how specifically mean I know I can be. Uh, yes. I don't, it doesn't feel
1: good. Yeah, I certainly I certainly could not like the things I used to say in battles back then. I, I don't think I'd have the energy to do stuff like that now <laughs> at all. I don't think I'd be able to look myself in the mirror and say say mean rhyming things to people the way that I used to very easily.
0: It gets you. It's an engine. It gets you places. You know, you can do it. Then you have it in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. But you don't better mm-hmm. to not use than use. But yeah, that's that's kind of the maybe the I always think of Bridgetown in that. The year where there it was like in a where the after party was in a warehouse uh-huh. area, so you uh-huh. kind of had to like travel there, and it seemed like it was very it had a real Mad Max
1: feel to it, where we you're just oh, like God. sorry, are
0: we gonna walk out of here at three a.m. Like where yeah, are, did it's that, like, did are
1: they have we... like a dirt floor or something to our yeah, there's different
3: yeah. There, I just remember the one year I went where famously I was in a car, everyone had done mushrooms, and I jokingly said because we were just going around that. Go down this street on the railroad tracks. I announced that there was railroad tracks and this car drove on the railroad tracks, high centered on the railroad ties. And then we were stuck and Whoa. <laughs> I looked down and it's an active down the tracks. There was lights blinking and everything. Yep. Oh, so God. on on much. OK, I was on mushrooms, too. Oh, thank you. Thank
0: you for being I
3: I was I took a lot of them, you guys. (laughs) But I calmly, uh, without panicking in a way, I think I would have panicked more if I was sober, found the party, grabbed 15 people and brought them back to the car. And we lifted the car. Oh, my God, uh, swiveled enough of the car off the tracks (laughs) to where it just kind of pinned the wheels. So made the matter worse. And the cops <laughs> came and they had guns out, but they were like, "The we're... Story is the best." I'm not thing. kidding. They, the cops were like, they saw the group. They saw that clearly it was the most eclectic group of people. Cause there was girls in po- poodle skirts that were in some sketch, you know, it's just like, these are a group of people that are all helping this car. I'm going to put this gun away. And they, <laughs> But they had to call the train people and make them stop oh the train. Gosh, and Jesus. Uh, yeah, they, they, it was insane. And the next guy, that guy was just—he was driving. He was sober, by the way. He was just driving around. His car was fine. We, but they had to stop a train. It would have hit the car. That that's, sounds that's like a,
1: a real nightmare on mushrooms. Because yeah. then you feel like the everything in the world is bad is your fault. Like yeah, all I, on you.
3: I discovered that no, just saying the wrong thing in a green room is horrifying on mushrooms. When when shit hits the fan. Uh, all of a sudden, you're at a heightened performance ability, or that's what I experienced. And then an hour later, I'm jumping in a dumpster, or whatever. <laughs> all my stories about being fun at Bridgetown let me know I was an alcoholic, and uh, and so during quarantine, I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't need to be doing that stuff, diving into. Well, dumpsters. I don't know though.
0: I will. Argue I miss this. it. It's a four-day weekend, and you're never gonna. You know, you're probably you'll see these people again, but they don't care.
3: Why and am I bleeding the next day? Bleeding? <laughs> oh yeah, I was punching that garbage in a dump. <laughs> I forgot. Well, to make people clap. That's okay. <laughs> what it's
0: for. Yeah, I remember that that same year in the warehouse one, it was like there was something. Oh, it was when some someone's manager was trying to DJ instead of April or Chip, <laughs> and uh, so the music went hey fucking wire. It was like he was he, trying to do interesting Radiohead B sides on the <laughs> dance floor, where oh, everyone's God. like, "What ah. are you doing? Like you're ruining." And so of course everyone's like trying to come on to their drugs or whatever. So I went outside because I was. It was like this. I'm starting to get too much of that anxiety. Of like CNBC and be seen, where i can do it a little bit for like 10 minutes or say hi and then suddenly i'm just like i need to be in a dark corner smoking something or like mm-hmm. just being separate and being like those you know gothy whatever and so howard kramer <laughs> and i were outside smoking and trying to like just be a little bit away and then we heard that train come because the train was literally behind the warehouse we yeah. were in and so <laughs> we were stoned out of our minds and then it was like. Uh in the distance and I go Howard train and we both just started running (laughs) and we fucking ran down to watch the train go by and it was like that kind of it was just a very it like I love when comedy because sometimes it can be so painful and so lonely and so like why why am I doing this to myself like what's the end result but then when you get everybody together that's doing the same Thing to themselves and to like let off some steam in a warehouse. There's like those moments where you're like, it's the greatest, you know, yeah. summer camp vibe or whatever, where it's like truly people having the best time, the best sets, and then like the best party afterwards.
1: It's amazing that those parties ever end, because yeah. like <laughs> that's that. Like we're all fighting for that moment. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we get it, and I'm like. Wait a minute, how did how did people go home? Like why? Yes. Yeah. Why did people
3: go home? No. Yeah. It was like Peanuts Gang. There's no parents. We're just yes. dancing in a warehouse.
0: You're just hoping there's a, somebody can get at least one Uber to start coming down there because that was one thing too. When it finally did end, it was like three in the morning, and we're just like, "Yeah, all the Ubers cost two hundred dollars, or you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, or they won't come to this the River District, wherever. Yeah, we are. yeah,
3: yeah, the warehouse <laughs> stabbing area." <laughs> uh, please come pick me up at the stabbing docks. <laughs> yeah.
0: I love that I figured out yet again another way to like wax poetic about festivals. <laughs> I really am having like that like, you know, these are the days of our lives thing about it where it's like, what's beautiful is because it feels like it at this point it's like it's been so long, it feels like it's never gonna happen again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid for it to happen again, even though I want it real bad. Yeah. Like, I really I don't know. i I feel like I'm not gonna know what to do with myself.
3: Yep. Yes. Because even yes. though we're all vaccinated, it's like, well, that's not a ticket to just act normal. You can still get this. Sh- yeah. It's hard to know. Are you going on tour? Do you have like dates? Coming yeah. Up? I, have yeah. A,
1: I have dates in September. Um, Yeah. And that, that whole thing, the whole thing feels weird. Like, you know, I so I started putting computers together during the damn pandemic. I started <laughs> like trying to learn how to cook and shit. You yeah. know what I didn't do? Work on my set yeah <laughs> at all at
4: all of course like
3: I not nothing new well of course it, i i mean do you? how much of your writing is literally writing it out it if you're anything like me you guys it's you have to be doing it on stage that's more than 50 sets for me it's like 80
1: percent of my well you know i'm 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 typically i'm I'm not quite wired that way like i you, you know, do like, write it all out yeah everything's all written out and you know, I'm I'm always working towards, like, albums, so if I have some new songs, it's just stuff that I'm trying to refine or, you know, test out. But, you know, most of my work is done at home, and I didn't do any. Like, I, I just started making songs, like, in the last two months. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was hard to be inspired. Yeah, I me mean, too. I got into cooking and making miniature houses and stuff and golf and things that don't help my career at all. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm it's like 17 every- again.
0: Mike, Every- when you're um when you have your first set again, don't forget your great line from the tiny desk concert. How's everyone doing this afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> you could you don't forget you've written on the fly before. I'm just saying true, there's bits true. waiting for you.
1: Because it might not be <laughs> it probably won't be afternoon at that point. So I right? can't I can't say that line exactly. It's
0: no, you gotta bank on thing. it. That's the joke. That's you know, the good
1: part. Do you know what my favorite line that I said that day was? <laughs> is that it smells like so many different kinds of soup in here because it did it did everybody was eating their lunch while we were fucking performing it was great it was great that
0: is a set that looks like it would smell like soup it did
3: in yep.
1: you imagine yeah. the soups um, soups and mugs,
0: quiet, <laughs> yes. quiet soup exactly. sips of soup your death. NPR's
3: desk. logo should just be a steaming mug of anything. A hundred percent.
0: God, I can't wait for live shows again. Wait, so are you you're going on tour? Because I saw that you're gonna play at the Echo Plex, right?
1: I am, yeah. Oh, that's yes.
0: down my street.
1: Yeah, yeah. I missed that place too. It's just, it, in my head is a really giant cavern, and I don't know how we're gonna find enough people to put in it. Can I'll we go. get tickets? Of yeah. course.
3: I I'll, tried
0: to go on the website and it's I couldn't figure it I'm out. I'm just
3: happy to hear their opening because it's been boarded up. I everything else in Echo Park uh, seems to have opened up to a point that makes me uncomfortable, but <laughs> I'm willing to risk it to go to the Echo or the Echo Plex. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I miss those places so much. Like yeah. such a formative part of my like LA performing experience. Like it's like, wow. I don't even know. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting for me in 2021 to intersect with that place again, just even see what that feels like.
0: And when you're on tour, are you <clears throat> do you do like you're in a bus or do you are you separate flying or is it like a big old group touring well, around
1: every time it's different? And we haven't worked out all the travel details of this one, but I think there's only going to be like five people total performing. So we're probably going to try to do like a minivan situation. Yeah. And, you know, the whole like the old school traditional drive all day thing and get there and sound check that sort of thing. Like, I've done the bus thing a few times when I've like opened for bigger acts. That shit is incredible.
0: Someone driving you. Well,
1: it's, it's not even just it's it's the it's the time. Like, because when you do the bus. You all load up the bus after the show and then the bus you know like the driver's been sleeping all day so you just drive all night to the next town uh you wake up you're there already yeah mm-hmm. you can actually like enjoy the city you can get a bagel you can walk around the town square like you can yeah. do all of this stuff that like we never get to do like we never get to experience a place when we drive all day yeah when we yep. get there it's like time to work so luck- right. like if we're lucky we get to even like stop at the hotel um but typically, yeah, we don't get to enjoy it much.
3: Yeah, it's funny how much of tour, I'm, I'm going to Portland that next month and I'm nervous for a number of reasons, but I sometimes don't look forward to doing stand-up. And then I arrive there and I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. I, I just don't look forward to flying. I don't like the travel logistics. That's what I never will look forward to. If you could take that away, mm. it would be the best. I need to get a bus is what I'm saying.
0: I love the idea. I have always <laughs> f- like had a very romantic notion of the bus because it first of all, to me, it's still like what musicians, how musicians yeah, do it. Yeah. And yeah, it like I love the idea of keeping everybody together because it's the same festival vibe. Yeah. But it is like, you know, whether you're it's business or you're just watching TV or bored or whatever, but you're yeah. still kind of it's like still the group paying It which is. I think is like that's so fun. Wait, do you it sleep is.
3: in bunks? And then, then yeah, it, you
1: sleep in you uh, sleeping like fucking it, coffins, man. That's They're summer crazy. camp too.
3: That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: it's tight. It, it really it really is dope. Like it really is dope. Like that common area, like during the drive and like, you know, somebody's playing beats or somebody's playing PlayStation and you know, like, you know, it's it's it is the communal thing and it's on wheels and it's and you know, you're just waiting to stop and get a coffee somewhere and get back on the bus. Like it, it's yeah. just really nice. Yeah. Really nice that's the good shit
3: is there any plans to ever do more project bloat stuff like with AC alone and those
1: guys do you talk we, to them or are they your friends we get together at least once a year we have an anniversary okay. party slash show that we do uh, over here in Lamert Park there's always like the biggest dopest like family reunion every year um, and I and there's there's some I talk to more than others. Like I talk to Abstract Root a lot and Micah Nine a lot. You know, like and, and those are just like my my big homies, and I'll and I'll do whatever, anything they ask me, anytime I'll do. See, but, yeah, but that I love those guys,
3: i that that make I nerd out so much thinking about you being friends with them because, like <laughs> I said, that 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 and the far side and uh, mm-hmm. you know that everything that 1993 era of me loving all that stuff it Did you see Gift of Gab passed away today? Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, I'm...
1: he did. Black is uh, Oh no. Gift of Gab passed away today. Yeah, I love Black Alicious. Yeah, they're amazing. He was an incredible writer and rapper, you know. So rest in peace. Yeah. People. Gone gone yeah. too soon like so many others. So
0: many others this year.
1: It's been really bad. Yeah. It's been really bad. It has been.
0: Yeah. It has been. That's why I think live performance experiences for both the performers and for the audiences are going to be so important. It is. Like, these are the feelings people, you know, like want to get when they go to those shows. It's, it's, people are needing full on injections of like positive up, You know, kind of like high vibe energy Mm -hmm. because there's just been it's just been like a series of surprise, terrible early deaths or or just shock or just the fucking the the after effect of the Trump chaos Mm. where every day I was just like, this can't go anywhere. But so much what like we're going to spin out like this is all getting so insane. And it's like. We all finally landed, rested. Now we're all kind of like coming to terms. And then it's like people need escape. I don't know. I feel like it's teed up so nicely for big shit like Good big shit at the echoplex Plex. <laughs> I go- want to stand I'm, in the echoplex and listen to people yeah. fucking scream at the top of their lungs yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. i want Real yeah
3: making out with wallpaper <laughs> or each other punching <laughs> <the laughs> garbage yes. yeah God. Yes. i can't wait like- to get into another trash can and <laughs> yeah. dance with wood with
1: nails in it when in, when are you doing that show when is it that- um that's in september the yeah. date on that one is September, I think eighteenth? Well, I'm gonna be there and so is Karen. Karen, yeah. you're Yay. coming. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Oh, it's the nineteenth. I'm sorry. So it's, it's it's the nineteenth.
3: What's your website na I mean we might as well do these conclusionary
1: things.
0: Oh yeah. Is there well wait, is there any last topic that we haven't hit upon yeah, you yeah. or
1: like that you'd like to discuss? Uh I didn't have nothing in mind. Sure. I'm just rolling with the
3: breeze. <laughs> well, I hope we were windy enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wins that's the one thing we can't guarantee
3: yeah you're you're the coolest and uh, nice and it was really cool to have you on
1: um, oh man it's it's, it's my fans. pleasure it's, it's great to talk to y'all
3: yeah, you know, yeah tell ac alone hi hi for me okay I don't do know whether to no. do it. I, I met him don't once. Don't pass he didn't, on any highs.
0: No he one didn't talk shit. To me.
3: He did. Don't <laughs> do it. <laughs> don't do it. Forget about it. And it was at the Virgil. Yeah. You were probably at the Virgil that night. It was like, "Oh god. I mean, it was 10 years ago, but it was Is it
1: back when they had the uh the when he was doing the weekly over there?
3: I uh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was a series. I probably
1: was. And it uh, was. Yeah, I used to The grouch.
3: Who's the Vermont? The grouch guy, the I don't know, there was a bunch of I don't know. It was a great night, but uh yeah, yeah maybe you were there. I don't know. I Probably didn't know. You. I used to,
1: I used to be over there as much as I could in that era. I, I was like helping them put that on and like yeah doing design stuff and all of that, man. That was that that was my part of my formative years here in the city. Oh, cool. Well and the Virgil
0: with their with yeah. their signature cocktails and their <laughs> They're <laughs> copper mugs to drink things. We're yeah. just like, really, guys? You're all and you're all wearing suspenders. Okay, yeah.
3: I love the suspenders and the old timey tapestries
1: behind you. I just, <laughs> really? I like, love having to walk through the stage to get to the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> and the stage, I I, I used to f- get really self conscious, and I realized this stage is sized down like one quarter. Like I normally don't walk on a stage and my head brushes oh, yeah. the like. It's a Willy Wonka stage. Yeah. It's a complete it's like a <laughs> it's like a grammar school performance it, stage. It
3: is the I'm like,
0: i don't like this. I don't It's the marionette in like sync.
3: In sync puppetry right. stage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, you, you thought I wouldn't talk about in sync. Maybe it's you great. got it in ah, there. You hey. always have
0: to sneak those assholes in here. <laughs>
3: yeah, I'm always sneaking <laughs> in the sink. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for being on, Mike. Of course, was, thanks uh, for yeah. having me. Terrific. Yeah, that was great.
0: And, and Mike's podcast network, Stony Island Audio, correct?
1: Stony Island Audio, yep, that's us. And your oh. album again. It's with anime, Trauma, and Divorce. And that is the most current album? That is the most recent one, yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm not pushing prep. Not- there isn't one new. Where's saying the new that. stuff?
1: Uh, God,
0: it I'm seems like you haven't written. Crank, cranking
1: what? away on it, though. I'm making all sorts of stuff that I can't tell is good or not. Well, uh, <laughs> I think yeah. I
3: use your words, I think, when I say thank you for fucking with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely.
3: Delightful. Delightful indeed. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? DYN
2: AR! Are you leaving? Or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim, give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you one. Style. We wanna welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Mouth horn. <laughs>
3: Uh, with Karen and Chris. I was just trying to show off mouth horn to Mike. I, I'm pretty good at mouth horn. <laughs>